Hello, it is me, Liam of Punks and Pubs. No, we've not changed the start of this podcast because uh, Fiddler has sued us for using their song Cheap Beer as our podcast intro. But let's face it, it is only a matter of time. I'm disrupting the start of this podcast to kind of ask you guys to throw a little change our way. Punks and Pubs podcast will be going to Punk Rock Holiday in Slovenia in August and I, I just don't have the money to support this trip. So what I'm doing is I'm asking you, the listener, to support the podcast and help Punks and Pubs get to Punk Rock Holiday so I can go and interview some amazing acts for that you guys will go and listen to at your leisure uh, later in the year. You can donate by going to gofundme.com forward slash get punks in pubs to punk rock holiday or click the many links that we have scattered all over social media on instagram facebook and twitter at punks in pubs you'll find a link somewhere around there we're not flying because that's gonna that would cost around about 800 pounds for the podcast to get over there so we will be driving in a car uh, the near 2000 mile trip so onto a ferry into france through germany and austria and into slovenia so please give as much as you can uh, even a dollar a pound, a euro, all of it helps. Uh, not a fan of giving up your cold hard cash for nothing. That's fair enough. I'm also selling the Punks in Pubs t-shirts that are usually going for £15 just for £10. This will be on sale at this price until the moment I step into the car to make the near 2,000 miles round trip to Slovenia. Uh, you can pick up a t-shirt by going to the Etsy site and in the search bar search Punks in Pubs t-shirts. Right, that's that. Enjoy this episode of Punks and Pubs. Bye-bye. Oi, oi, you punks. Go on my pub. Welcome to the Punks and Pubs podcast. My name is Liam Bird and I hope you are well. Uh, let's crack on this week. No waffle because this episode is a full one. Uh, I think it goes on to about one hour 30. And the reason I haven't really edited the fuck out of this episode is because it's a bit of a special one. <laughs> So back in February this year, I went over to Philadelphia to go and visit a good friend of mine. And while over there, I wanted to take the opportunity to speak to a local Philly punk band because why the fuck not? I'm fortunate enough that I can get to go to Philadelphia and go see a friend. I've got audio equipment that packs up quite neatly and tidy in my suitcase. Whenever I do punks and pubs on tour... I feel like they're really good interviews because most of the time I don't really know that much about the person I'm interviewing, usually because they're quite obscure in the UK, so I don't really know that much about them. So it just ends up being a bit of a rambly chat. And I kind of like those rambly chats because they're very... I'm finding out information at the same time as you guys, and I think that works really well audioly. And I think I spoke about this last time, that whenever I'm interviewing someone, you kind of already know the answer you're going to get. But if you know nothing about the person you're interviewing, you can get some great interviews and and you get a really good vibe. And I feel we had that in in this episode. So anyway, I was in Philadelphia. I wanted to talk to a Philadelphia punk band, but I didn't want to talk 
to a male Philadelphia punk band. And that's not because I'm shitting on men. Uh, I am one and I love me and I love me most nights. But I do feel this podcast has an issue whereabouts I don't do enough to uh, bring interviews with female women or non-binary people in punk. And that's something I really am going to try and change. But I purposely thought about this when I was in Philadelphia that if I'm going to talk to a local Philly band, why not talk to a local Philly punk female band? And that's exactly what we did. Uh, So I uh, reached out to a band called Full Bush. Uh, They are a four-piece all-female punk band, well, post-punk band, and I just fucking loved their music. And what I loved about it was I loved the frantic, fast guitars and whereabouts they go into like a frantic manic sound but it mixes in with real soulful beautiful music and it sounds not like much i've heard before so let me quickly give you a rundown of uh, full bush heard that that sounded a lot filthy than it meant to so <laughs> so full bush is Janie Kate Adasola and Cassie. Their self-titled album, Full Bush, is available on their Bandcamp site. Link to that is in the episode bio and also on the Punks and Pubs social media site. Uh, They have just been signed to Brutal Panda Records and they're currently playing shows all over Philadelphia and the surrounding areas. And I think they just came back from a tour down south in the southern states of America. And um, so, yeah, they're on tour definitely keep an eye out for them uh follow them on social media so make sure that you don't miss them so i met up with cassie and adesola so cassie is the bass player adesola is the drummer uh, at the royal tavern on east passiac avenue where we had a very rambly chat as i said before and uh not just a rambly chat we drank a lot uh so we had a lot of drinks uh, a lot of fun and like I said, I feel that the, the interview has a great vibe and a great interview. And listening back to it, it put a smile on my face. Because this episode is so long, uh, there will be no new music being played out at the end of the show. And I won't be back afterwards where I normally am doing my little waffle. Uh, I won't be doing that. We will finish uh, this episode up with one of my favorite full bush tracks. So let's all settle in and enjoy finding out about our new favorite band together people of punks and pubs this is episode 41 with cassie and adesola of full bush enjoy and i will speak to you in a couple of weeks bye-bye this is a song about the worst band in philadelphia So, Cassie, if you can tell me how many steps it takes from you to walk from your house to the bar, that'd be great. I haven't counted the exact steps yet, but I'm going to say it's definitely less than 100. To and from. (laughs) Stumbling might have it be fewer since I'm taking larger strides. Sorry, I have to do the wanky introduction thing. (laughs) Right, so we are sat in the Royal Tavern Bar in uh, Philadelphia. I am sat opposite Cassie. If you can... So people know your voice. Can you just say hello? Hello. What's up, podcast world? That's what they call us. <laughs> and then, if you'd like to pass the mic over. And uh, Adesola, if you'd like to say hello as well, so people know hello. your voice. How was that? How was that for my British accent? Was that, was that okay? A little bit yeah. racist. Yeah. By your line. face, that was really, really, really... <laughs> that, was, that was poor. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> you, you've... You've... you've uh, <laughs> and you never are now. <laughs> 
Phillips. Thank you for joining me in this uh, bar. Where so, for people who might be thinking oh, this is fucking loud, it's basically a speaker above our heads, but it kind of adds to the atmos. So, uh, it's called Punks and Pubs. Yeah. And one punk and two other people uh, <laughs> in a pub. <laughs> we'll talk about punk in a second. So, uh, first off, I've noticed something about Philly. There's quite obviously a lot of bars in Philadelphia and something I actually enjoy whenever I come to America is the bar culture because I think it's completely different from UK in the UK if you rock up to a bar on your own you're going to spend the rest of the night alone because if someone comes up to you and says hello you're instantly like get the fuck away from me I will stab you if you come talk to me don't make eye contact whereas in America it's a lot more like they'll chat to you at the bar if you're waiting for a drink or if you go for a piss they'll wait for you and chat to you there so much more social oh yeah is that a Philly thing? Is that an American thing? I mean, what's your perspective on it? Um, I will say for me, I think it's like a Philly thing. I've lived like in the D.C. area, North Carolina, and like other places. Definitely in Philly. It has That's been the only place where I can sit, go to a bar by myself, and I'll make a new friend. Hmm. That's how I know a lot of bartenders in the city. You know? <laughs> yeah, we have, a lot of, we have a lot of friends in the service industry. Um, I'm from California, so I really have only been, like, legally drinking in Philadelphia. So, like, what I've noticed, A, Philly is, like, a huge drinking city. Like, you know, uh, I don't want to say, like, alcoholics, but, like, we love our beer. We love our beer, right? Like, I remember I heard someone say, like, all of the good beer that comes from, like, across the pond like never makes it past Philly because we drink it all uh, so we're really big on drinking and we love like Philly loves like good and different kinds of beer so I think that just like sparks conversation really easily and like neighborhood bars are really are something that I've noticed to be like a huge thing like like for example yeah for so example I keep my keys here <laughs> so people who don't know uh, we're in like a bar that's a little bit um, away from central and it's called the Royal Tavern, and it's on, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say the name of the street wrong. Is it Pussyak? <laughs> Do it again. Oh, I was going to say, right. try it again. Passyunk Avenue. Passyunk. Passyunk Avenue, yeah. Passyunk and Passyunk, yes. Okay. Yeah. You know what's so funny? Actually, there is a Passyunk Avenue bar in London. And it serves cheesesteaks, really? and it plays Phillies games, like Philadelphia sports games. I swear to God, my cousin's husband goes there for business like once or twice a month, and he, yeah, he was like, look where the fuck I'm at. <laughs> oh, who knew that? Cause, yeah. Because I got told about Philadelphia, because in London there's places called like Mayfair, Porter Street, but I've been told if you come to those streets in Philadelphia, don't. <laughs> oh, Mayfair, <laughs> like, yeah. Run. It's a little, a little touch and go. That's so polite. That is so British of you. You said it's okay. That's a touch So what, what, makes, what makes a good drink for you guys then? What, what do you enjoy as a beer? Um, I'm straight up liquor. I'm a, yeah, yeah I, just, I just get straight to the point. 21 and done. That's 21 and done, yeah. yeah. No, I just get straight to the point. I do enjoy like trying new beer and yeah, I enjoy like learning about why people obsess about beer, and I don't think I would like. I don't think I've ever been anywhere to learn it more than Philly. But yeah, I'm a straight up liquor person. Yeah. For me, uh, because I used to work with beer and have have to learn all that stuff, um, I was a huge IPA snob for the longest time. Philly is a perfect place for that shit. But uh, lately, it's been ciders. 
and then the sparkling seltzers, which is great because I am a diabetic, so no sugar. <laughs> we really do need to be sponsored by that. Give us everything we drink it. Oh, they're like three different brands. Just truly. Then there's one I think it's just like sparkling seltzer. Yeah, the mermaid. I just like to add though, you're having a discussion, but no one can hear you. So if you're gonna do that, just let me know. Put your hand up, and I'll pass you the mic. Oh, okay, good. Good to know. Good to know. Good to know. Thank you for letting me know. Um, so what kind of bar do you like? Is this your, obviously this is your local? You've already yeah. said you left your keys here, or mm-hmm. you leave your keys here. By the way, now you know that information. Don't come here and uh, say that. Uh, <laughs> Cassie said I can pick up her keys. Wait. Oh yeah. So I can pick up if I ever leave myself locked out, which happens once in a while. But what kind of bar do you like? Do you like this kind of like? Um, so this is more of a. What I would class as a traditional uh, bar in America. You got the bar, you got the chairs next to the bar, and then you got tables with uh, little yeah. candles on. Yeah, this is pretty standard. They're, this place is known for their great food. Um, so I definitely don't come here if I'm just like, I'll, I'm pretty much always coming here to eat too because the food's great. But yeah, I like dive bars. I like no frills, no, you know. Would you class this as a dive bar then? No, I wouldn't. Okay. Um, I would classify so the place next door that's called The Dive a dive. <laughs> but I don't know. I just like to go to a bar and, and hang and do what has to be done. Like, I don't need all the extra bells and whistles, I guess. I mean, once in a while it's fun, but... Do you not want a dartboard or something like that? What's that? A dartboard. So a dartboard oh, is a dart quite board. a British yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, darts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I suck at that. <laughs> so that's not like something I'm like tracking down or I'm yeah. not like, let's go here because of the dart option so <laughs> I find that a lot of places in Philly that ha- usually have games are the broy area what's a broy area <laughs> so do you know what bro is so as in like jock mm, bro yeah yeah, yeah okay, I'll go yeah. yeah so there's an influx especially <laughs> in my <laughs> neighborhood yeah. Yeah. of tell, bros tell the, uh, the Bermuda <laughs> Triangle so the Bermuda Triangle is located in Fishtown at the intersection of Frankfurt Avenue and Gerard Avenue. <laughs> is, that, is that your bro accent, by the way? Oh it's God. almost like your English yo, accent. Yo, yo, let's go to Fishtown, man. All the cool stuff's happening. Oh, my God, Frankfurt Hall. Yeah. Beer, 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 beer. That's my bro. <laughs> and there's just been so many of them coming out on the weekend, so I don't go anywhere are you just locked inside your house scared of all these bros (laughs) they're a lot and they make you really (laughs) upset and it's it's really sloppy sometimes entertaining but like no what's sloppy what do you mean by sloppy it's just any any kind of wasted so there's there's like lost in translation in some of this stuff yeah so the bermuda triangle Right by Adi's house is the basically the travel pathway between these three bars that yeah. ultimately, like on their own, are fine. It, it's garage, a garage, fish town, Johnny Brenda's, which we love and play at all the time, and then um, Frankfurt Hall. I don't need any, I don't need any Frankfurt Hall, but basically, like Fish Town is kind of like the Brooklyn of Philly, where like. Everything used to be shit, and now it's expensive and super hip and really cool to live there. So, like, bros from, like, the suburbs, like Maniunk or wherever, wherever bros reside will come and be like, let's hit Fishtown so we can feel like, you know, we're really, like, on the edge of something, you know? Like, let's go. And then, and then it's just this block where they continuously travel between the three. 
and people are just like puking on streets, you know, especially when it's nice out. Philly loves to uh, <laughs> Philly loves to drink outside <laughs> and throw up outside. If it, uh, if you know, I've walked by so many piles of vomit. I've seen. I don't worry. I've seen a uh, grown man take a shit on the street. <laughs> In his own hand, ah! and then then eat it. So Ow! don't worry about it. It's fine. You did not. Yeah, yeah. Slow down. And so Soho is not the nice place that Pete, that like uh, love actually makes it out to be. Wait, back up. I know. Excuse I'm me. I'm sorry. Don't you dare. I'm sorry. Ruin that movie. There, Hold on. Are you gonna say the same thing about Notting Hill? Because if you are, I'm stopping this right now. What you don't, what you don't see out of shot is the guy masturbating to the crowd. That's what you don't see. Oh. My dear lord. I'm sorry, guys. But have you had the Swiss cheese masturbator? <laughs> Go for it. Go on. So around the time when I first moved to Philly, there was this guy who would just jack off in random places in Philly and slices of cheese. Swiss cheese. Yeah, with the holes in it. So he's fucking the cheese? Mm-hmm. Just, okay. He would do it so people would watch yeah, him. Yeah, all the time. He, like, people yeah. would watch him he all the time. so people would watch him. Yeah. So he would go, hey... Hey, and you go, yeah, and then it's just like going at it. Yeah, just going at it. It was. So can he can he finish? Do you have to watch for him to finish? Like, what what's the rules? Like, is he does he go halfway and if you turn away, he stops? Because that's a long time. Because no, no one. This is Philip. We 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 go all the way. <laughs> Don't be rude. Don't yeah, be rude. We, we, we finish when we start. Fucking <laughs> hell. Knock on my door. You want it? Don't just turn off like a faucet, lunar eclipse. Something you don't want to miss. Put out the door, quicksand, start to drown. Just take my hand, moon in Tennessee. Tell me what that did to me. We spoke about how um, Fort, well, we haven't spoken about it. So, Full Bush is obviously a Philly-based band, but yes. you both said that you both not don't originate from Philadelphia. Yeah. So, talk about that journey. Talk. So, how did music find its way into your lives individually? Was it friends, family? How? What was it for you guys? So, I was born in Nigeria, and um, music has just always been there, and the arts in general, just from jump. Just from the very start, um, I used to be in a traditional Nigerian dance troupe when I was younger as a kid, um, and then I was on a step team when I came moved to America. What's a step just, team? Sorry. St- so stepping is um, a traditional um, African American pastime. It was passed on from slave times to um, African Americans when they were in HBCUs. So it's just stomping and clapping and hitting parts of your body to make music. And okay. Beats. Yep. Um, so I was on that, and I was like, I did. I was captain of that. So music has been there constantly um, because in Nigeria you're just so like Sade was huge Sade was the first person I ever heard of when I was younger just being like it's Sade you must pay attention and I was like okay <laughs> so Sade um, and then when I was in college it was a really 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 big music scene there Where'd you go to college? Um, I went to school at East Carolina University. It's in a little tiny town in North Carolina. But a lot of really great people came from that town and around it. So like Dan Deacon, 
Valiant Thor, Future Islands. Oh, it was a big place to pass through as bands were coming through and play. And it was always guaranteed you're going to have a good crowd. People will make it great for you. And that really got me involved in the DIY music scene. Yeah. So my friend used to run this place called the Spazatorium, which is just like an abandoned house that he would throw uh, shows at all the time. And between that and our other friends, you had a show house, again, where a lot of really great bands came through. It was an impact for me because you usually see shit like that in movies. You don't really get to like really experience that. And as a young person, seeing all these people and watching my friends in bands get so like so much support, even as they're getting bigger and traveling, and also just the supportiveness of a DIY music scene is yeah. so important. So that's I mean that's ultimately is why I moved to Philly. It was a lot of my friends, there are musicians, moved to Philadelphia. And we're just like, yo, come up here. It's great. You'll have a great time. Yeah. Was it always the drums for you? Was it always like the rhythm? Oh, I initially wanted to play saxophone. <laughs> so you, skull band or bust? Exactly. You know? And my mother said, no. She said, this Allah, your cheeks will get big. And that is not attractive for a lady. <laughs> so I didn't play. I didn't. I was like, okay. And then I wanted to play drums, but then I couldn't afford a kit because we lived in a small, tiny apartment. So I, le- I taught myself how to play guitar and actually played guitar for about, like, two years. I went back to drums. I was like, I really want to play drums. And my mom always knew. And so finally I moved to Philly. And I kept going back to this guitar store. And I was leaving one day, and there was a flyer that said, hey, drum lessons. I was like, I'm going to do it finally. And... You know, I learn and in the basement of kind of creepy guitar store. It's great though. They're wonderful people. I love them so much. They make the best guitars. But like, who's this? It was kind of uh, the Pinto guitars. Okay. The Pinto is the best. The people there are awesome. It's owned by a husband and wife couple, and they play guitars, make custom guitars for like huge musicians. They're wonderful. I have a super opposite story. <laughs> Go for it. Very opposite. I kind of got into, like, the music that I like now, like, kind of later on than I would say the rest of Fullbush. Like, I would say till like, junior in high school is when I started to listen to, like, like more punk rock music and what, rock music. But what was you listening to before that, though? I mean, I mean, like, I was, I don't know. I guess I was just, like, it's so funny to, like, think about that, that there was a time when, like, I didn't listen to music like this. But I was just, like, I would just listen to what was popular because I was just, like, a kid going with the flow, you See, know, of what was going on. I, I'm a big advocate of people not being ashamed or embarrassed about the music they used to and love. And I really, truly, I'm not going to lie to you, I was listening to her and I'm just like, my story is going to be so fucking boring. <laughs> yeah. Just want to say, I'm actually the same way. I didn't get into that music, really, because, again, as a black immigrant coming to America at such a young age, I was coming into a certain, like, this is what you must listen to. You know, that kind of stuff, right? And then it wasn't until two things happened, which was seeing Khalees, uh, I Hate You So Much Right Now video, screaming, like a black woman screaming. That was, I had never seen that before. Combined with seeing... Some Marilyn Manson. I had never seen anyone that looked like that. I was like, I must invest in this. (laughs) Like, those two things were like, "Mm," because I only listened to hip-hop. That's all I did. And then I got to college. And, like, high school was, like, newfound glory and stuff like that. Which, again, everyone listened to it. But high school, I met one of my closest friends. His name is Darius. 
and he made me a mixtape. He made me a mixtape of hardcore music. This is someone, again, listens to New Found Glory. So, New Found Glory to hardcore and metal was a huge yeah. jump for me. Yeah. It was so, a so what, what was on the tape? Like, can you remember? Oh, it was a full tape. I don't remember. Yeah. It, but I remember just being like, I'm going to like keep listening to this until yeah. I like it. And then the first song I liked was a song. I don't remember what song it was. It was a song by the band Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. On one of their first um, albums, probably. I just probably crossed out the eyes. And so I went like really high and like deep and like thrashy. So my thing is more like oh, my friends who like took me into college were like, hey, we're in, like hardcore bands and like really intense people. Come hang out. Yeah. And so that was, you know, deathcore, all that kind of stuff. That That's who took me in. And then I just kind of came down. <laughs> but, like, the DIY scene was everything from, like, Tori Moy to, like, Tegan and Sarah to, like, that kind of stuff. It wasn't necessarily just punk. It yeah. was just, like, hey, you play music, you're kind of dope, come hang out. When I say, like, my first intro to, mu- to like, anything punk rock and roll, any- I really mean, like, anything that wasn't on the radio or, like, wasn't hip-hop or wasn't fucking popular, like junior year of high school was around when I started to just like explore different avenues because I just wanted to like be bad and and go do stuff and that wasn't high school stuff like I wanted to grow up so fast you know like so and I just had this I just wanted to go to shows you know like I think I went to I think I my first concert ever was the Cardigans (laughs) love full yeah please come back by the way (laughs) I know you're out there Thank you. Do you guys want another drink? Sorry, yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm glad I got to do that into the microphone. Um, but, yeah, like, I really just kind of, it wasn't like a natural discovery of music for me. It wasn't like, like, I feel like great, I feel like kind of lucky in the fact that, like, I wasn't really, like, seeking an angry outlet, I guess, which, like, when I talked to a lot of people that I know now, it was because, like, they were just, like, a lot of the, a lot of the similar stories is, like, some fucked up, under, misunderstood teen, and I had to be angry, you know? So, like, that was that's not my story. I just yeah. kind of, like, got into it um, by so, trying to find music. So was it friends, then, who brought music? Or was it your parents? Like, what were they putting on the yeah, record? And- uh, I would say a really close friend of mine, like, who was, like, very into the tattoo community um, in L.A., was not, not the Russian, huh? not the Russian pairing. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not the Russians. <laughs> no, I, I just really like thought my. I loved my friend Allison. I still love her. Uh, <laughs> I still love her. Just I in used, case yeah. you know. Hi, Allison. Got her. <laughs> I just thought she was awesome, and I just like she was everything that I. I had no idea about like what she was about. Why she like what like why she liked these bands that I had never heard of. What this tattoo meant to her, and I just like love researching things and people and like you know I started listening to music and it sounded great um, yeah. so yeah. what about your first show then like can you remember your first like punk or hardcore show where she turned up and was it like because I'm always interested by that because yeah. I've spoken about it before but my first punk show was quite scary like because there was yeah, massive so guys and I'm quite a slim dude and <laughs> like I, I, I like you can't you start to get a bit confident and you're like I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in like I'm gonna go yeah. and all of a sudden you get fucking smashed in the side of your head and you're like that hurt uh, but yet you go back and it's that weirdness of like I'm gonna go back 
So I don't, I don't know why was it for you guys. Um, I, <clears throat> if I can remember as far back as I can, I think my first like show where I like really saw people like pushing each other around was at this place called the Cobalt Cafe in Reseda, California, which is part of the San Fernando Valley where I'm from. Uh, it's closed now. It's closed. It's been closed for quite some time. But yeah, it was the first time where I like got so aggressively pushed and I was like is this what this is like (laughs) like where you feel like you're just you know that feeling where you got a body on your chest and a body on the back you're standing maybe your feet aren't touching the ground you know it was like that first physical experience of like I might suffocate kind of thing yeah yeah um that was that was what I could take away from the first time I went to like an aggressive punk show uh, for me, it's two. So the first time I ever was at something like that was some really, like, shitty local band who was just, like, you know, <laughs> and then people people were pushing each other. I was like, whoa, never <laughs> seen this before. All right, this is new. <laughs> What's and then people were just pushing me, and I wasn't, I was not prepared. <laughs> I did not know what I was walking into. <laughs> Because I went with my friend Courtney, dressed all adorable and cute, and she was too. She's like, we're going to like a punk show. I was like, oh, great. That's fine. I would always, always misdress for every single punk show. Every fucking time. I still do. But see, it's going to come back around where this is like a great thing. Because like, I will say like as a black person in that like in the scene people always underestimate you all the fucking time so then I felt like I had to like dress a certain way whatever right so after that first show I was like fuck this shit I'm not going back and then um I fell in love with the band Valiant Thor who are from that area you know by Valiant Thor they are so good oh my god so fucking love them and so me and my friends went and it was just, like, the best thing. And people were still moshing and still, like, throwing each other around. But it was more of, like, we got you. Someone falls on the floor. Someone's already on it, picking that yeah. person up. People were, like, having a great time throwing each other around and, like, trying to punch each other in the face. But still, we're going to protect you yeah. <laughs> at the same time. And by that time, I had gotten so, like... I felt so much more comfortable, and people were just accepting me. Because, again, I had, like, the, the best people around me to the point where me and my girls went out in heels. Oh, God. Nice. And, like, I went to a Valiant Thor show. So the drummer of Valiant Thor used to be in an all-instrumental band called The Kick-Ass. And it was just, like, fast and rough, but, like, still, like, melodic as fuck. And people were, like, thrashing and pushing the fuck out of each other. Think of, like, how fast electronic music goes. That's how fast the drummer was playing. He, it was so fucking good. So you did that shit, and then Valiant Thor would come on next. And I remember at the end when Valiant Thor was, like, done, and we had been thrown around. And everyone's like, oh, because some people were like, oh, Addie's in heels. And then I remember my friend Nikki was like, don't worry, she's fine. <laughs> and so we were done. And I remember I was just on such a high, I didn't realize I was bleeding on the bottom of my foot. And they were like, oh, you're bleeding, Addie. was like, oh, I looked at it, I was like, mm. It was so goddamn good. Oh my god! Like the, it was a bad wound. It was, it was so good. So were you guys? So were you still living at home at this time? So if you're coming home a bit battered and bruised, like what did your parents think? Were they like, what are you doing? With the Valiant Thor show, I was in college. Okay. So I went home to my roommate in my dorm, who looked at me like, 
hair is all like tousled and I'm just I look like a maniac because I'm I'm vibrating off that high and my foot's bleeding yeah. <laughs> yeah. and she's just like what the fuck happened to you and that's what happened every time I went to a punk show it was just like I would come home and my roommate be like Mm-mm. like no <laughs> go shower pour some antiseptic on that I don't know and I was just like nope 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 this is who I am now. <laughs> yes, I live this. Um, I don't know. I I actually listening to you talk again. I remember. I remember. I did go to like I from I'm from California again, and so like by law we're required to listen to pop punk music, or you go to jail for thirty days. So I remember feeling like. I remember feeling that like suffocating feeling from the starting line and Finch. That band needs to come back like to like yesterday. No, they don't. No, they don't. They can they can they okay. can hide away. They're okay. They just need to come back nah. with what it is to burn and just tour on that song alone. And, I feel uh, humanity will survive without Glory. Finch. That was a show. Yeah. I'll, I'll never forget that. I was a yeah sophomore year in high school, and I, I went with my friend Jerome. And, but I remember my mom always saying, "You come home really sweaty, <laughs> like drenched clothes, like from head to toe, like just like your clothes are like a different color." I never really came home with like scratches and stuff. Again, pop punk music, yeah. you know. Have you ever heard Newfound Glory's hardcore band? <laughs> oh God! International superheroes of hardcore. No, so it, I'm good. it's essentially it's them with a uh, an alter alter ego of a straight edge. It's called Captain Straight Edge, <laughs> and it's basically songs about like wearing your seatbelt and don't swearing. <laughs> it's pretty fucking funny. Yo, it is thirty quite funny. thirty. It's like thirty year old rock and roll. You know, it's like I can still hang, but I'm taking these precautions. As well. <laughs> So how did you end up in Philadelphia then? So it's obviously quite far to come. Yeah, it's a far, it's a far travel. I well, after I went to college in New York. Oh, let me rephrase that. I attempted to go to college in New York. <laughs> felt it was best that I stopped wasting my mind and my parents' money after like two years. What, and were, you trying to, what were you trying to study? <laughs> <laughs> um, writing, still writing. Like, writing. sorry, I guess you don't know what I do. I'm a writer now. Like, I'm okay. a copywriter now. So when I say still writing. I assume that you knew what I was Not doing. Not just cross What words. I do now. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I was studying creative writing, journalism, photojournalism. Yeah. I was trying to, you know, really save the world as you do when you're 18 years old. Um, but that didn't really work out. So I moved back home. And, um, oh, how did I get to Philadelphia? Right, right, right. So I moved back to California, did the community college thing for a couple of years. I didn't really feel like enrolling back into school. So I traveled traveled for a bit. I sold my car. Lisa was up in the apartment. Went to Europe for the first time. I traveled around by myself for like six months. It was super fun. I spent all my money. Um, Where'd you go then? Yeah, it's super easy to do that in <laughs> Europe. Uh, so I spent all my I ran. I quite literally ran out of money. So I had to move back in with my parents, who actually at the time and still do live in Maine. So which is like nine hours north. Uh, and um, I spent. I lived there for like six months. I was like 22 by myself. No friends, no job, dead a winner, broke as fuck, living with my parents like I was in high school again, and just, like, super miserable. And my cousin, who lives here, she's, like, closest in age to me, and she was like, you should just, like, move to Philly. Like, you can, like, live with me and Brian, like, go to school, like, enroll back into school. You can get a bartending job, like, whatever. I'm like, cool, I think I see a flight on Wednesday morning. <laughs> 
that's cool. And yeah, that was in like 2010. Um, yeah, that's how I, that's how I got here. I really just like took a break from life. Yeah. And then spent all my money and decided to just kind of start a new thing because I had family here and I didn't know where else to go. <laughs> As a Brit, I always find it fascinating because in the UK, if you move anywhere, you're only like two hours away. Right. Because it's so tiny. But like in America, like moving from state to state, mm. it's just amazing because right. it's so far away and you can start a completely different life yeah. and no one knows who it the is, fuck you yeah, are. Yeah, it is really cool. And you can reinvent yourself and you can to be... The- to your point, I think in Europe it's wild that I could be in like England one day and then France another day, like or within the same hour. Yeah, yeah, it's like that. That is something I think that's something that Europeans we take for granted that how small it is yeah. and how easy it is to travel across. Totally. Like flights are quite cheap, so it's not like it's that right, much right. of a hassle. Uh-huh. It's just a language, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. As an English person, we're very arrogant. Of we're course, like, we, all, we already know that. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. We're, like, just, we're just all jealous. I, well, nothing to be jealous of, trust me. <laughs> you guys sound cool, but maybe we sound cool. No, no, you don't. Okay. Um. <laughs> just need to double check. I didn't think so. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, Full Bush. So how did Full Bush come together? From what I understand, it was you writing something in a... Uh, was it Facebook like an, uh, group. Facebook yeah, group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like a feminist Facebook, mm-hmm. Facebook group. How? Why did you decide to go for a feminist Facebook group instead of just... Posting on Facebook, yeah. 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 Um, Yes. Well, lots of, like, I think the two main reasons was, A, that was what I saw in front of me at that very moment in time as I was scrolling, and I was like, hey, hey, in there. I guess I was also not really in, I didn't really feel like playing with men. Like, I didn't really want to play with guys. Like, I wanted to play with women. Is that from, like, past experience? No, not at all. I just, again... It was in front of my face, and, uh, <laughs> and if it was like an old man, and I was just like, yeah. Like, also, yeah. I don't know. Like, I didn't really want to post them like to my friends group um, because, like, I kind of like already knew these people. I wanted to meet new people. I love like, you know, like how you just said, like you can go to a different state and totally start over. Like, I wanted to start from a place where like they didn't know me and I didn't know them and can I just say for the record also Cassie knows everybody <laughs> so she loves meeting new people and this is probably why that happened yeah I really do I love talking to new peeps there's um, house keys all over Philadelphia <laughs> <laughs> it's like that one episode of Parks and Rec where Tom leaves his he gives out his house keys I'm not like that I'm not like Tom Haverford I guess I guess it wasn't so much about like I don't want to play with men. I was just like I don't know. Like I want to hang out with other women that like also want to play music, yeah. and that's important to me because I don't really know a lot of women that play music. I know like my really close friend Iteria. She's like an amazing musician and, and does so well here in Philly. I was just like I guess I was, and she made me feel really comfortable, and I felt like I would just be able to experience that again with other women. Um, but I also knew that I really wanted to. I, I mean, Philly, the Philly Feminist Facebook page isn't a music page by any means. It's just, like, like-minded thinking and, you know, interesting topics and stuff. So I also didn't really want to post, like, in a music group, too, because I wanted to kind of get it off the cuff a little bit, like, where people weren't, like, totally expecting it. Now that I, like, look back on it and, like, try to remember what I was feeling that night. Um, but, yeah, I was super genuine, I think, about my post. I was just like, hey, like, does anyone want to jam? I play the bass. 
I don't really know what I'm doing. I kind of <laughs> want you to also not know what you're doing, but like anyone's welcome. And uh, yeah, I live in South Philly, so hit me up. <laughs> and then from what I can recall, they were like, I think as Solo was like the first one to say like, fuck yes, like I'm there. Um, and then like five other girls were kind of said the same thing and then it just sort of dwindled down like I would I reached out and then uh, I remember at one point we were going to have two drummers do you remember we were like let's do it like Eagles of Death Metal style like let's do two drummers but no Monica Monica moved on um but it was like yeah like five girls initially were like fuck yeah I'm down and then three were like hell yeah let's do this like talking to me more on Facebook and then Adesola and Kate, who's our singer, were the yeah. two that like actually like showed up and came over. It wasn't and that the other ones were too good. You're like, no, none <laughs> no. of that fucking noise. No, 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 Kick no. Off. But I remember Ad was definitely like, I also don't really know what I'm doing. Yeah. And then Kate was like, she's like, I definitely know how to play guitar, and like, you know, my parents are musicians, and I know what I'm like, I know what I'm doing, but I want to learn more, and I want to play music with you guys. So, yeah, it's a. Uh, I always tell people, like, if people ask me this question, like, never think, like, like, starting this band has made me, like, so fearless to try new things, because I did not fucking think I would be sitting here holding a microphone in my hand, like, three years ago, like, talking about our shitty punk band, you know, like, <laughs> um... And that Buy the just album, goes kids. Sh- Buy the album. <laughs> oh, yes. Buy the shitty punk one album. It's uh, $5 on Bandcamp. <laughs> um, no, it's it's just like, I feel like Full Bush is a true testament to just give it a fucking shot. And if it doesn't work out, at least you fucking tried, right? Yeah. Like, And if it works out, you could be super happy and fulfill like a huge dream of yours. So, yeah, that's what I kind of just look at it as, as like a really... Lucky shot in the dark, <laughs> but so, that I'm super happy about. So, what was it for the advertisement? Like, what was it for you? Was it just uh, like less jam, or was it that like, you were looking for a band to join, or were you were you already in a band? Beforehand? I was not in the band. I had been playing drums for about a yearish, and my drum instructor was really pushing me to join a band. He was like, "You will learn better." And I, when I first when, we, when I first joined Full Bush. I was, oh my god, I was a nervous wreck. <laughs> and my drum instructor is this amazing, very technical metal drummer. So to be learning from someone like that was already, like, intimidating as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but he, best instructor, he was just, you have natural talent. You just have to play with other people so you get more comfortable. And so when I saw Cassie's post, I was like, I'm, do- I'm fucking doing this shit. It felt like seeing that fly all over again yeah. of like, you know, get drum, like learn how to play drums. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to fucking do it. And, you know, my husband, my boyfriend at the time was just like, why not? Like, we were dating. Are you serious? At the time, yeah. I don't know. Like, I've never experienced anything like this. I, I quit a lot of shit. Like, a lot of shit. And I have this initial excitement. And then after about, like, six, nine months... I burn out and I'm also an artist and so like for me it's just like a usual thing it's like starting a a new art project it's just like oh I'm gonna start this like textile thing I'm gonna do this other thing and then after a while you're like I'm done like this is is over you shove it inside so that's like what I was just like it's part of me but when I joined Full Bush it was just so different 
like meeting everyone, learning about yourself and learning how to collaborate with other people in that kind of manner. Yeah, I'm fucking grateful for all my girls. So for me, how I discovered your band was... Um, I was yeah, I'm very curious I, yeah, about that. A lot of people overseas listen to us. No, no, no. So I, I, I found the band because I, was, I, was look, I wanted to talk to a band while I was over here. Yeah. Because I thought, fuck it, why not? And... I was going through like a load of uh, Philly bands that were popping up just by Googling Philly punk bands and your band came up and I, I slammed it on um, uh, Spotify as you do and you get like 0.0 pence for that so you're welcome and um, <laughs> oh, okay Liam's feeling comfortable <laughs> and if, if I'm honest there was a track I think it's called Decisive whereabouts it was really mellow and it's really like harmonic and then it just like just like real noise, and it just gets like it sounds like you just kind of like. What song did he say? Which one? Ah, oh, cool. Yeah, deserve. Sorry. Yeah, deserve. And then it just sounds like you're jamming, and it's just like you just all kind of just then just going at it. And then I watched um, a YouTube show live where you're in court pace. Uh, court. <laughs> court oh pace, God. Uh, which I'll no. ask you a question about later. And. Um, and yeah, so was that always the idea of the sound of the band was to be like mixing like harmonic vocals with just kind of aggressive noise? Or this is that is, something you've grown into? This is my favorite. Th- <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, yeah, no. I think what's been picked up a lot and a lot of like different things have been written about us is that it's what you just said and also like mixing genres, hmm. which I, I was like, I, we do? <laughs> um... I think because all four of us have such diverse musical tastes, um, and we don't unabashedly diverse musical tastes, so we just kind of do whatever sounds good and feels good, and we're like, oh, we should do this here, or whatever, and then, like, I remember there was a very special time, and it's when we were, it's when we were writing the Zerb. Um, and Kate had never really screamed before, and we were writing the song, and there was just we were just like jamming, and she just screamed, and I feel like that was a huge turn for us because yeah. it just showed how comfortable she was. It was just something very natural for her, and at the end we were like, "Fuck yes, let's do more of that shit."
makes you sweat every day. She makes you crawl for a taste. But what you don't see is you deserve this. Like, even if, if she's like, does it for the first time and you're playing your bass and you're playing drums, like, does it make you just like proper got it more heavy? Oh, like, you strum down a little heavier. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. we definitely feel like feel each other and like just like go from there. Yeah, I think I think, and this is why I kind of love like the natural way that we all kind of like came together, knowing how little we really all knew about at least from my perspective about like my instrument, about like how to write a fucking song, like how to structure a song, like everything you hear on that album. From what I would say is almost like an accident, like, and not in a bad way, but like, we've rewritten so many of those songs um, because we were like, I want to hear this thing at this point, but also we're so fucking green to this that like, I can't even imagine, I can't even remember how many times Hey Boy has changed or like, you know, like. Hey Boy literally changed the studio as we were right. We yes. were recording. I was like, "Hey, I, I have a new beat. Let's try it out." Yeah. Played it three times, and then we we're like, "Okay, great. Let's play it." <laughs> <laughs> Done. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like a lot of the change in uh, speed, tempo. You kind of sound like you're going from like a punk song to like a super heavy, like in your face song, like deserve. Um, and then it goes right back to what it was in the beginning. Yeah is nothing more than just, like, trial and error. And then they were like, cool, sounds good. So in a way, it was, like, this naivete, not in, like, a dumb way, but this naivety about what we were doing that, like, honestly led us to, like, the style on that album. Because we were just like, I want a big breakdown. Or, like, but I don't know what it's called. Like, you know, but I don't know how to, like, get there. And then it's... I really like. I love that album, but I definitely think it's like a. It's like it's definitely like a perfected jam session to me, you know, um, because there were things that we didn't even mean to have in there. There was like, oh, that sounds great. So yeah, it's like it's like when when it's like when you're a kid and you're just so happy and you're like, oh, but you're but you're doing something stupid and you don't know that you're doing something stupid, you know, because you're a kid and you have your pants off and you don't think that you know you're not sure why this is a big deal, but like you're doing it and it's so cute and everyone loves, you know. Um, so I definitely have like kind of fears about like the next one. Like I have really natural fears of just like I know how little of like um, thought, like not thought, but like. I wasn't trying to get this out like we weren't trying to get this album to sound exactly like it was intentionally so now that I now that we're heading into like our second one and like we have we know what we want and we know what we want to hear I get I get a little scared because I'm like are we ever are we gonna lose that natural like that naturalness of how we kind of put the first one together you know like when you when you don't think about doing something you end up I'll sometimes end up with like a better outcome than when you like are just like so solar focused in on it you're so you're not like loving it for what it is and you fuck it up by yeah. being too detailed I get scared about that it's probably irrational but it's it's here so it comes down to uh, I remember remember in the beginning when we first started writing albums because it was like a dance album or some shit like yeah. that and all I could think of was the year that the Yeah Yeah Yes came out with um, 
Blitz. Was that the name of the album? The really the more dancey album. Um, what's the name? Block Party also came out with a dancier album. It was electronic, but it was in, in your face, but it was still dancing. It was like the year all the bands that had never done anything like that. You're like, we're gonna be doing this. Or it's like the second album of every band, you know, I've always heard. It's just like, it's either good or that's when people lose interest. Which is true for the most part, you know? And so I think we were, when we first started writing an album, we were like, this is what it's gonna be like. Versus where we are right now where we're going back to how we first wrote the album, our first album, and it's more like, you, like we have more solid ideas because now we know what we're doing, but we're, we're taking like from what we learned and we're moving forward and we're just like, okay, this didn't work this time. This is how I can explain things better. And, you know, way more excited to have way more content that we, that we can actually produce two albums because we were so excited from the first one. We, <laughs> we seriously have like, so many, songs. so many songs right now and yeah I think this next album is going to be even more solid because we know what the fuck we're doing now. well I was going to ask like you're talking about like how green you were and now whereabouts you kind of now have a vision of what it is that you want to sound like what is the biggest thing that you've actually learned that you, that you feel that you've learned from in, within those three years to trust each other yeah to definitely trust each other we were again we were meeting each other for the first time and our relationships within the group changed like constantly and when you're with that like that like the same group of people you know you just kind of want to like it's a yeah it's a relationship you're building with somebody else and so shit's gonna happen you know fights are gonna happen but you know i think like you learn to trust and really give yourself to this band and to that those people and the more you can actually you know, free yourself and take off your mask you put up for other people and let other people see yourself, that's when real shit starts to happen. Like, you really get down to the nitty-gritty. I'm sorry, what was the question? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> 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 I don't get it. Oh, that hard lick is hitting now. Um, so, is like, within the three years, yeah. what have you actually learned? Like, what's the biggest thing you, you, Learn- you've learned? Okay, yeah. learning. Um, yeah, I mean, Ad has a great point about like it, it in this relationship. Like, it's not. It's hard. It, it's easy. You can compare it to like a relationship with like a boyfriend or a girlfriend in a lot of ways. But like, this is a relationship where it's like constant work, no matter what, and like constant work that doesn't really have like the reward is obviously like having a great time with your friends, but like and doing cool shit, getting to do cool shit like this, making cool stuff, but. It's uh, it's really like the reward is like forcing yourself to really definitely be yourself at that moment because if you aren't, it's never you're never gonna get what you want. It's never gonna feel like truly yours. Um, so forcing yourself to feel that kind of discomfort and like we have fight we fight all the time like that is and like being okay with that and like realizing that like arguments and fighting isn't the end of a story like understanding that you can move on from things is like being part of is like a huge um it's a huge accomplishment for me like because I'm just seeing like I'm mad but this isn't gonna stop me from doing what we want to do and that I see that in every single one and all four of us like we get pissed but 
that's not it for us, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, so that is that's really encouraging because like there have been times where I've been so like upset by things that I don't know if it is going to go on, and then you just see what's so much more important to you, and you get over it. It's a I guess a big lesson for me is kind of like pick your battles, pick the hill you want to die on, like big time, like choose wisely, you know, um, because your ego gets big or it can shrink and I think if your ego can shrink and you can like really be humble about when you're wrong and and being able to say to someone else like I disagree you know like it takes people years to do you know but if I have to like prohibit myself from saying that and at the expense I lose my band like fuck that you know like that's quite interesting because I find like as a band the, the, the statue where actually you guys now are actually very well known in Philly and like, you're moving out but that ego must play a huge part and I don't, like, I don't care about anyone or anything if you're getting recognition for doing something your ego swells oh, I, know, yeah. I know mine fucking does <laughs> so um, so how do you actually keep that is it like is, are the arguments dying because <laughs> one of you know to go just fucking get down off your perch, yeah? No, that's actually super funny that you say that because, like, literally since day one, I remember sitting up in my little shitty attic loft in my apartment right now. I remember we were, like, drinking wine, playing nothing that would resemble music. <laughs> but I remember being like, this is for fun. And if the second it stops being fun, I'm out, yeah. you know? Um, and... That on like, I have to I have to always remember that like I've said that I, and I, I I feel like we always have a similar conversation like we want to always be like a fucking fun band having a great time that's what our shows are all about just being silly and loud and having a good time and like when I don't feel that anymore like there's no reason to do that you know um, so I guess in terms of like ego it's like. There are days when I think I'm right and I don't understand what the fuck the three of them are talking about, but like, and that's when my ego can get big. Is like if if I'm just like, oh, this is this is how I think things should go. But hey, there's four, there's three other people that like, I don't, I'm not shit if I'm not with them, you know. So that helps me too. If I don't have them here, I don't have the thing that makes me happiest. So it's kind of like, what's worth more to you? Feeling right feeling like your opinion's the only one that matters, your voice is the only one's going to be heard, or do you want to have this thing that's like quite literally changing your life for like the better? So for me, it's about looking through the lens that makes me happiest, and <laughs> being right isn't it for me, you know? It's, yeah. it's this, so that's how I try to dwindle down that ego a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think I, I want to speak on like the whole band like of getting recognition on that point we still don't kind of believe oh, yeah, anyone no. even likes us we're not shit like we're not like <laughs> I'm amazed that we're sitting here talking to you right now like we're not shit we yeah. just like have a good time <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I'm just like oh oh that are you sure you picked the right band <laughs> like we're always just questioning everyone's like mm, I think you made a bad decision like I think for us I think when we played Ron Gallo at first Unitarian that was a huge turning point for us as a band and feeling more tight together and 
people are still referencing us in that show, and we were the opening band. I'm like, you were paying attention to the wrong bands during this whole time. I don't know what you're talking about. But it was huge for us because we had never... I remember going into it, we were so nervous. We were so nervous. There is no amount of tequila in the world that could have calmed my nerves that night. It was, it was, oh my God. But I remember as soon as we got on stage, something just clicked. And it was one of the best shows we've ever had. And seeing it from like, it was like basically a sold out show. And like seeing like, you know, usually the open band, no one goes to see the open band. And I remember we played with the first song we played. And I kind of looked up and I was like, okay, it's like, no one's really there. I expect that. By the third song, there were actually people just kept coming in and staying to watch us play. And I was like, this is, mm, I don't know. Because, <laughs> you know, we again, we don't expect anyone to like it. And my husband was at the merch table and he was like, people like in the middle of our set kept coming up to him asking for CDs. And we were like, no, not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird. I was like, mm, even now, I'm like, nah, y'all are, y'all are weird. <laughs> Yeah. Let's let's talk about the next step then, because it must be difficult being in a city like Philly, where actually you've got Washington one side, New York so close, and trying to actually like stamp your authority of what the band is and trying to bring people to your shows. Mm-hmm. Because I I can only guess it's kind of like London, where there's a show a night, and if because there's a show a night, it's like well fucking show me something different, because otherwise yeah, I'm not turning up. Work. Yeah. So how do you do that? Like what what's your mind frame, and also like booking. Are you bucking yourself? Have you got anyone else helping you book? <laughs> Looks at me. So, I've been kind of band manager for a while. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and then now Cassie and I are doing it together, which is really, really dope. Um, but, yeah, we've been doing everything by ourselves. Again, we don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> I just, you know, I used to book bands on campus, so, like, I kind of knew, you know... But being in a band and doing everything on our own has been strange. Um, strange hard or just strange as strange in Strange exciting. Yeah? Strange okay. like really, really cool because of different people um, taking a chance on letting us play. Yeah. Um, and in the beginning, a lot of people kind of wanted to pigeonhole us into a certain, you know. I, lo- I love Riot Girl music, but we're not really Riot Girl music. And people just want to be like, oh... There's a woman screaming, Riot Girl. I'm like, mm, yeah. really though? <laughs> we're, like, we're... You sing about, like, <laughs> like, have you listened to our song? Like, come on. Yeah, I just, I just. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. Worth it. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's been great though because now we're at a point where we're. I still think that we, people still underestimate us when we walk into a bar yeah. to play a show. Because, first of all, they see our name. Yeah. And they're like, oh, they're going to be right Sexuality. Yeah, but we sing about sexual songs. But, like, again, like Cassie said, we still like to party and have a fucking great time. Um, Do you still feel that you get that kind of, oh, here's fucking four women on the stage. Now prove to us that you can play just like those four guys. Sometimes. Um, I know for me personally, I've come into a show, and I told the whole band this, there was a show we played. I'm going to leave the band name out because I am nice. And it was like... Name them. (laughs) And... (laughs) It was just like one night we had a show, and we were the only like really 
punk band that played. Yeah. It was upstairs at the Barbary. <laughs> no, at the Barbary. And I remember we were we were like the headliner, whatever. We were the last band. We weren't a headlining shit. And then we, I remember walking up, and we were. I was sharing a kit with the the, la, the previous band, and the guy looked at me. Looked at me up and down and said, "You're the drummer." I said, "Yeah." He went, mm, "Okay," and then like walked away. It was the most disgusting thing. He had a dumbass jazz kit, <laughs> which every single time we go to a show, I know I thrash on drums. So like every time we go to a show, everyone's like, "Oh, Addy's gonna destroy that shit." And I made sure I almost destroyed his fucking kit because he underestimated me. He looked at me and get, like assumed some shit about me and my fucking band yeah. and thought like, oh, it's going to be some other shit. Yeah. I went up there, his whole band at the end comes up to us and it's just like, oh my God, that was so great. You hit that so good. Y'all was so good. And he's just in the fucking corner just going like a fucking sad sourpuss ass face just like, <laughs> like, yeah, don't do that shit. Yeah, sometimes that happens but what's really great is in the middle of our set People will be like, holy fuck, you just see that face and it switches something. And especially like most of our fans are dudes. They're it's mostly men, which is again weird. <laughs> well, you say that's weird, but I, I feel that like there's a big thing in the UK at the moment about um, like called Safer Gig for Women. Whereabouts uh, it's come very much like it, for women to go to shows it, it, it can be a bit difficult with like you spoke about like going to a show and feeling like you're being pushed off the ground yeah. being pushed off the ground but then also being inappropriately touched like it's a yeah. thing in the UK where it's being spoken about a lot and I feel it's that kind of still in your in the mindset of a lot of people if you go to a show there's going to be guys there who might treat you like shit or might touch you inappropriately I don't know if that's like that here I'm just kind of presuming it might be that I will add also and I want to give Cassie the microphone, <laughs> is that um, we, what also really helps is that a lot of our friends are in bands as well right now, too, and that really helps because we go to each other's shows and we support each other, and what happens is, like, if someone acts a fool in the audience, that person is fucking gone. I think that's part of the girl whole girl riot thing, is, like, we're also women screaming about some shit. and women also feel comfortable being in that space. Women also feel comfortable punching the fuck out of someone else and like no one's gonna say anything yeah I uh, I definitely think that the fact that we are friends with so many bands that we play with like on the regular is awesome and honestly like the majority of them are men like you know we're it's great you know like it's fucking cool to like like you know we get pigeonholed to where people assume that we're gonna be singing about hating hating men and like you know don't shave this don't whatever that like you know full bush like full bush we came up with full bush because we wanted to grab people's fucking attention you know it could be indicative of like a lot of things but and I mean it definitely is it's definitely like full bush is just kind of like I don't really care I'm doing this and we are gonna look dumb doing it but we're fucking doing it and we love it too. But I mean, you're gonna remember it, right?
come over an hour now, so we need to kind of wrap this sure. up. Sure. Um, <laughs> that wasn't like. That's <laughs> fine. Um, but like, you, you all have your own jobs, and you all have your own thing going on. I mean, how do you take that next step without uh, jeopardizing your right. main career? Like, how? Yeah. What, what is that next step? Yeah. And how do you go about doing that? That's actually interesting because we all officially have nine to five jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Which is done. amazing. Everyone has to do it. And honestly, like, I think the biggest, like, another big lesson that I learned from also knowing that, like, nothing's impossible if you just, like, kind of try is, like, you really can do both. Like, I have a career. Like, I'm a copywriter. I'm a senior copywriter. Like, I've been doing this for, like, almost a decade now. Like, I'm good at my job, but, like, it's not what like gets me up in the morning, you know. Like being in full bush and also like working my ass off at a job. Like full bush is a full job, is a full time job, and like then I have my full time job. Um, it's not impossible, and like is not. I, I'm learning that you know, 24 hours in a day is not that much, but like if you really maximize the time that you do have when you're awake, like it's fucking possible, like. I feel like I have a lot more friends who are slightly older than me, maybe a little, like, age doesn't really matter, but I have friends that are, like, I miss the window of starting my band, of, like, playing music, and I'm like, I'm 31 years old, like, what punk band starts in their 30s, you know, like, not a lot, (laughs) but it's not impossible, um, it's very difficult, I'm hungover at work a lot, um, (laughs) I'm hungover at work a lot. I spend more money than I would normally. So there's fucking drawbacks, of course. Like, major, major ones that I constantly have to work on, like, all the time. But I don't know. I'm, like, it's crazy that I, like, I'm really trying to, like, mold my career right now to fit with Full Bush and not the other way around. You know, like... I always, I'm always going to have to have a job. Yeah. Like, I'm always going to have to have something that's paying my rent, paying my bills, feeding me, putting clothes on my back. Like, that's never going to be an option. I don't really look to full bush as, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, be fucking sweet if, like, we just got really famous and rich really quick and then I could, like, quit my job, like, quit everything <laughs> and just do this. But I'm not setting that, I'm not trying to get that to happen. It would be awesome, but like I'm being like being realistic about what we're doing really has really gets us to the next step um, by being really tactical and professional and like thinking clearly and realistically as opposed to just like let's do, you know like have that. Adding, we've talked about this before. Like before we went on tour, our first tour like last summer, we were just like. If we don't take this risk of something that we don't really think right now we can do, like, we're never going to do it again. Like, we're never going to try, you know? Like, we have to we have to use our paid time off days, and we have to request off from work months in advance. Like, you just fucking make it work, you know? Like, tour was something we all really fucking wanted, and we were terrified to try, but we made it work within what we have on our plates, you know? So... I'm in a really good place where I'm able to do that, so I can't really, like, speak to people who don't have a copywriting job, right? Where I can, like, work from my computer and it's easy, but, like, shit can happen, you know? Like, and and I feel like we're a really solid example of that. Totally. Um, I mean, I was, like she just said, I, I was a server before, so I was waiting on people constantly, and then I just recently got a great nine to five job. And even, like, my last serving job, I was hired 
because I was in a band and my man my own my manager liked the name of our band. Really quick. Fullbush has gotten me a lot of jobs. <laughs> like a lot of freelance jobs. It got me my job now because they were like, what's your band called? I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah. And it's just like All the perks. Yeah, and like the owner was just like, oh yeah, let's promote the shit. Like really supportive. And then I got my my current job. And again, they're very flexible. I was very upfront. I was like, look, I'm in a band. This is what I do. And it's just part of my life. You know, is this okay? They're like, oh, yeah, it's totally fine. And my the person I'm an assistant to is also in a band. So she's like, oh, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> you know? And I told her, I was like, I'm going on tour in June for a week. Is that okay? I was like really nervous to tell her. She's like, oh, yeah, it's fine. You know? And that is a rarity that you get to, <laughs> get to have anywhere else. Um, and I lucked out in having a job that's very laid back. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm very grateful. Yeah, full bush is definitely like my thing. Yeah. It's the last question. So you've already spoken about that. You've already, you recorded the second album, or are you gonna record the second album? We're gonna start recording. I think at the end of the year. So. Mm-hmm. So in three years' time, where do you hope the band to be? Like, do you hope to be really album out, job? Your other job going really well, but Full Bush isn't taking over full time. Or do you actually hope that you can actually go? Okay, I'm gonna leave that on hold for a year, and Full Bush is just like my life for a year, and we're gonna really fucking go at it. Ooh, in Dream La La Land, <laughs> Why not? I have a love for Full Bush to be generating the money, but I, I, realistically, I know it's not gonna happen. Um, I think I want our album to be out, our new album to be out. I want to be touring way more than we're touring now and just like gigging really hard. I love playing shows. I love meeting new musicians. I love going new places. And that's just what I want. I just want to do more of that shit and just get better, get tighter. Yeah. I guess I want to, I want to take it up a notch. And like I do what we're doing right now, but just take it up a notch, like more exposure to people that don't like listen to punk music, you know, like and I think that the fact that we have I, Yeah, yeah. We're we're like weed, we're the gateway. We're the, we're the gateway for a lot of people. The entrance. And you know what I think like saying that it's like funny, but like honestly, like women like I feel like if I saw us as a woman who like wanted to like listen to more music, I I, I would be like, oh, I'm gonna click on this band because the name's cool. Or there's a yeah. bunch of women in there, and like, what are they doing? You know, and like, we're still learning stuff so much. Like, we try, we fail at stuff all the time. Like, in attempts to like book something or whatever. Like, we're doing, but like, we do it with an open heart and an open mind because we learn from error. You know, and like. I think just, like, trying new avenues of stuff, like, outside of playing shows. Like, we have, like, Addie and I have spoken about this several times. Like, our number one goal in 2019 is to play out of town as much as we possibly can. Because Philly, while great, is just Philadelphia, you know? And we want to take this shit on the road and, like, just, like, reach people. And, like, I mean, how do we have people that know who we are, like, overseas or, like, in Israel and Tel Aviv, you know? Like, um... Just, you know, just kick it up a notch, be, get better at our instruments, like, play more complicated music, and but, you know, do what we do, but do it better. Yeah. Well, I'm going to let you both go, because I feel like I've taken a <laughs> hell of a lot of time. I live down the street, I can stay here all night. <laughs> <laughs> You've got your keys here, of course I, you can. And I have my house keys here, yeah. <laughs> so, I just want to say one more thing, though. 
know. I think, like, as our band as well, and I, I think, I don't know if y'all get this, well, everyone else gets this, but, like, one, one level, as a black woman playing drums in the punk band, that's something that you don't see. You see, like, some black women playing, like, there are a lot of, really, the Paca Queen, oh, my God, her, oh, she's amazing. But, like, playing punk music, there aren't that many right now. I mean, I can, like, count of, like, you know, one woman in, like, v Minx, she plays it, and then um, the woman who plays drums in Hurry Up from mm-hmm. Portland, that's it. You know, and obviously my scope, I'm not, like, looking out for every black woman, but, like, it's a rarity. It's rare as fuck. So when you, like, don't also dress like you're in a punk band, when you don't, like, you know, people are not, again, you know, they're not expecting that shit. When other black women or any other person of color sees that shit, they're like, fuck, yes, yes. And it's inspiring. They come up and they're just like... Yo, I would I have never even thought. There's so many other women who have seen us and come up to me and been like, Y'all have inspired me to play guitar. There was a woman at a show we went to in Jersey who was listening to our music and she's like, Oh y'all are few in full bush. Oh my god, I started learning how to play bass and they played bass along to your music and Cassie was just like, What? <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's but it's like shit like that happens all the time, yeah. which is again weird. Uh, <laughs> but it's really, really cool to see. Like that's what I love about music and the arts is you get to inspire someone and keep passing that torch down. Definitely, and yeah. like just to kind of touch on that as a white male, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say like because it's something that I'm very aware of with this podcast that I want to push out the more a female voice and maybe they don't have as many fans but the reason they don't have as many fans is because podcasts like this and radio stations don't play the music because they don't feel there's an audience for that so how how can people find an audience if you don't allow them to find an audience so with that thank you again for giving it your time and um, Uh, thanks for asking us my pleasure and I look forward to seeing uh, Harry Minch in the UK Harry we have to make a Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the pins, all the streaky pins. Come here, boy.